Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, alongside my co-host, Daniel Bobo Carlin, and we're being uh, my friend. As you can see, my entire face is red. I'm I'm live in Port St. Lucie and uh, having a good time. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good. For one thing, I got to say, you're, you're, you literally have seen what happened. What happened to you seems to have happened to me numerous times on trips to Florida, especially if I've had to use some cheap sunscreen other than what I what I usually use because I it took a while, but I I did find a good sunscreen product to use for for those hot days. That's never never seems to fail me on hot days. <laughs> I I know you know I I don't even get it, man. I went I went to Walmart. We got the we got everything we needed. I sprayed myself. It's like, I forget what I think it was like 40, 30 or 40 SPF. You figure that should be enough for my stupid face, but I guess it's not. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I just got to make sure I aloe the next few days or it's really going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, trust, trust me. When I've gotten sunscreen, it's been that bad. Trust me. And bear in mind, I'm the son of a ginger. <laughs> Very true. My, my dad, my dad was a ginger. Just to let you guys know. Okay, okay. You definitely have a stack against you. But, but, but anyway, I have to say, talk about a crazy turn of events. A lot since we last broadcast. I mean, I was getting ready to watch the. I forgot what it was. It was a first round pool, pool play of the World Baseball Classic, right? I think it was a U.S. versus. Uh, I believe it was U.S. versus Colombia. My, my memory is correct, right? Yeah, that. Well, getting ready to watch the game, and before that, I'm gonna catch the last couple of innings of the game between uh between Port, Puerto Rico and uh, I, I forgot what who, who they were playing, but the the point about the game is they, they after Puerto Rico had won that game, of course, you see them celebrating. I saw some of most. I could not describe what it was like seeing that on TV. Edwin Diaz getting, of all people, getting hurt. But it's just like I don't want to see anyone get hurt like that. And yeah, uh, the Edwin Diaz injury is a big. Um, you know, uh, Diaz goes down, uh, down for Team Canada pretty early on. Been a lot of debate over the last couple of days uh, about where it be played, with, if it should even be played. And from the last couple of years, baseball negatively after all that. Well, for one thing, I gotta say that 
what I feel about the World Baseball Classic is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of mixed opinions about it. It was, it's a lot. It was a lot of fun tournament to watch, even though, even though the U.S. kind of fell, fell, fell short of it. But at the same time, I was like, I feel like I agree with like what Mac Max Scherzer said that more pitchers, and I noticed that this maybe not just on the U.S. other teams, but pitchers that were not wanting to take part in this. And I, he said maybe it should be done like in November, which I feel they're going to, if they really want to do this, and if there's players that really want to take part in this, I just feel be better for the baseball for to do it in November. Because sometimes I've seen of average, and this is very minor context, of course, sometimes we see some injuries in baseball that are really bad, but Based on the, the average of like some of the injuries in baseball that usually like maybe not keep players out for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, I just feel the recovery time. I feel that November, they you, sometimes you maybe have less likelihood the player might have to miss some time because that I mean, I mean barring if, if if it's an injury that's really bad, of course that that like that injury that Edwin Diaz had, of course, is like a really, it's one of those cases where sometimes you got an injury that was really bad. And I got to remind people that we're complaining about this. One, players do get injured during spring training. You got to remember that. Other thing, Edwin Diaz did not get that injury during the game. So officially it was a non-game injury. Like, even though it happened... He was celebrating of all things. You know, there is something that, even though what you said is true, there is something that, to me, it's almost, that almost makes it worse. You know what I mean? Like, people get injured during the preseason all the time, regular season. You know, you always see uh, these different injuries come out of the screen. Totally true. But, the thing that sucks about it is that you can almost accept that. Like if Edwin Diaz got hurt closing for the Mets, you know, e- even if it was him celebrating afterward, I could, I could take that a lot more than I could take it in Puerto Rico. The Mets are paying him $20 million a year. He just signed a $100 million contract, and he's not going Till a year and a half after he signed it. You know what I mean? So even though you, you are right, and I'm kind of looking from people that are saying, hey, you know, if a guy gets hurt for my team, I can understand it, but getting hurt for a different team, that's a different story. That also makes sense to me, right? Yeah, that does make sense also that way. But yeah, that, that injury just really sucks. It's I, I feel like it's going to be back to being with Edwin Diaz when we had him, especially the last couple of years. I mean, it looked like 2019, he looked like he was kind of getting used to pitching in New York. You saw 2021, you kind of saw signs. You know what? Maybe Edwin Diaz looks like he's maybe a better pitcher than we're, than we're leading to, to believe after that season. Of course, 2020, he pitched pretty decent. And 2022, he had maybe his best year as a Met. And as close as, as we had to a closer that did not make me want to ha- have a near heart attack, now we're going back to 
I hope it's not a situation where it's everything but the kitchen sink and we somehow figure out, I mean, it's, it, might, it might take a couple of course over the course of the season, maybe during spring training. So far, David Robinson is, is the first, first man up in a, trying to fill this closer void, but I don't know how comfortable I'm going to feel when we get to the bullpen these days. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. And I mean, the bullpen was supposed to be a big plus for the Mets now. And now it's kind of a question mark. And there's been a lot of word that um, I'm looking at Stratton, the former lefty uh, or the, the lefty, the former Oriole, that was the uh, one of the best closes in baseball under Buck Showalter, really in the middle of last decade, I get, middle to late. He ended up with the Yankees. After that, he signed a big contract. Now, He's had arm problems the last year or two, but working out and the, uh, you know, apparently are you there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you there? Can you hear me? You're, you're, you're breaking up. I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I, I can hear, I can hear you. You just broke up a little bit. You're breaking up, Captain. <laughs> don't have the power. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dan. So you know, I uh, the, the the one thing that I, I do have to say though is that um, you know, th there's always going to be uh, things that we like about this, things that we don't like about this. But you know, let's get back to the the final for a So he gets all the way to the we hammer Cuba in the uh, semis to get to the finals. 14 to 2 was the final there. And Japan came back in the ninth inning to knock off match. And now it was the U.S. and Japan in the finals. 3 2, we ended up dropping to them. What'd you think of that game, man? I mean, it, that, that game, for one thing, Ed, especially because of the outcome. It gave me 2006 NLCS Game Seven vibes, even though even though unlike the that 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 the 2006 NLCS, unlike that unlike that game, I'm watching this one in my living room instead of being there in person. But I'm watching this game and it just felt like we were gonna win it. It was like a close game, but it felt somehow we were gonna win it. The pitching looked like it was better than it was better than expected going into that game. I mean, we all we all could say how how we a lot of us thought that that the U.S. it was kind of like we were kind of lacking a little bit in pitching because a lot of pitchers. It was, it was remember the the whole the whole argument. Remember, like I just said about November, how it should have been in November, like Max Scherzer said, how he said more pitchers would have wanted to take part in it because of how difficult it is for pitchers to ramp that level in March. Yep. Yep. You're right. But anyway, I'm watching this game. It's close the whole time. I felt like, and like in the in the the 2007 NLCS, remember Carlos Beltran had a monster of a postseason. But I feel like the the NLC, that game seven really was was really much similar thing with a guy at Trey Turner who's having a monster of a WBC. I mean, like it it was like the. I mean, it was it was also a situation that kind of felt a little unusual, being the fact that a 
Trey Turner, all those hits he's gotten against us. I mean, when he was with the Washington Walgreens, and of course, of course, we got to deal with this guy now. He's a Philly now, so we're still we're still dealing with this guy. But that I'm normally rooting against. But since this is an entire country's team, I'm yeah, he had a uh, you know that is one thing we do have to tip our cap to Trey is he had a of a WBC and not looking forward to facing him in the uh, the regular season this year again. We got lucky for a year and a half. He was traded out of the division. Uh, yeah, so now we're going to have to deal with it. And, um, you know, when, when you look at everything that you mentioned the the downfall. The hitting was Cuba to advance. Now, Dan, what is the most um, disappointing thing other than these guys who this I mean, you, you get the leadoff hitter on in the ninth inning, and then as soon as Mookie Betts grounded into that double play, you knew we were in trouble. So, I mean, is, is that most disappointing part? That, that, that was like, I was, I've gotten up usually moments like when I'm watching usually a moment like that, we've grounded into double play where we stranded runners on base, you might hear me yelling out, you're killing me, Smalls. That was the loudest I think I anyone's heard me yell that during the game so far. And I I was like, ugh. And then I said, ugh. And then here's a, like Mike Trout who kind of has been striking out. like I, And he just struck out, and I was like, ugh, great. Of course, Trout fails during a postseason situation. Of course, of course, right? And yeah, but I mean, Dan, you have to mention how slider that Otani threw him. Oh, that that just had shades of NLCS Game Seven. Uh, Adam, Adam Adam Wainwright. Ugh. Yeah, like I really I, did. I felt. Move on. Is there anything that that you wanted to to wrap up on and just say on the 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 WBC before we move on? Last thing I was gonna say was that uh, that of course the, that's that strikeout just had shades of that last study of the, of the 2006 NLCS, and I think the same reaction. Only I can tell you that reaction felt ten times as worse 2006 that NLCS just felt like. I can explain it, but. Anyway, on lighter notes, how about the Rangers, that stretch of wins we've been having? Yeah, man. I mean, unfortunately, last game that came to a close as we uh, lost two last night, um, you know, that uh, they, they lost the guard. And the thing that really hurt about that game, too, is that, you know, obviously last weekend, Crazy with the games on Saturday and Sunday, with the Rangers absolutely destroyed the Penguins six two, and then they absolutely destroyed 
uh, I'm sorry, it was six nothing on on uh, Saturday. On Sunday, they absolutely destroyed the seven nothing, scoring six goals in the first year. So I mean, it's a disappointing loss last night, but I feel like the Rangers are really heading in the right direction. Yep, exactly. Same here. I feel like this team's gonna be dangerous come playoff time. Of course, that loss. I was watching the game. I watched the game. I watched the game after work via via, via my DVR. I recorded it, but man, that 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 loss just hurt really bad. Last second. Even worse, I got I got a friend a friend one of my Twitter friends who's a Canes fan is just he he's bragging about it. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. But yeah, my friend of mine. Friend of mine. Bragging about it after that lost. That makes sense. Brag because that, that, that was a big win for them. And the thing that stinks about that loss for the Rangers is that they were ahead the entire game. They had the goal the first one. And uh, you know, it, it they go up. Uh, well, the the Canes tie it midway through the third. So if you think that means the time Thursday that the Rangers and um, Rangers scored the last two goals in that game, then they scored six straight goals. Obviously on on Saturday, win six nothing. So eight. They scored seven goals on Sunday in a seven nothing win to make that fifteen straight goals, and then the first goal last night made it sixteen straight. So the Rangers were just unprecedented without allowing one that they were just on a a crazy crazy run, man. And uh, you know, unfortunately, it ended last night. What we saw really lets you know what this team can be can become. The first last night that 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 was the first game back for Lindgren, so this is the first actual time that we've had a full lineup. Patrick in trade went down and they added Santo and all that stuff. I mean, they've had Harper in, who's done a good job the last couple of weeks. You know, what do you think about Ben Harper? A good for uh, and everybody else while they've been down, right? Yeah, I have to say the guy did. I felt did a good job in holding this team together during that time when Lindgren was injured. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. So now what we have to do is Tuesday night. Now they just got to go out and get the win on Thursday in Carolina. That's the only thing that you can say. They're, uh, they're in a position right now where, fortunately, because of that loss, they're probably out of the division run. Uh, I know they'd still run the table and all stuff. They could still have a chance. But realistically, at hand than the Rangers, it looks like the division, and division probably was a long shot, Anyway, but at that loss that night with the full name coffin, if the Rangers had gotten one point out of it, maybe 
that I'd feel differently. But I don't know, Dan. Do, what do you think? Do you think that, that list ended the division title hopes? I feel like now the rest of the way it's pretty much try to get try to leapfrog the Devils for second place in the in the in the Metropolitan Division and hopefully have have home ice uh, against against the Devils, which is going to be oh my god, it's gonna that's going to be a nerve wracking playoff series. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you got that right, man. That's going to be a crazy playoff season. Every time these teams get together. It's always crazy. I mean, they they played a few games in the 2000s, late, you know, whatever you want to call it. I guess we're still in the 2000s, technically. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so the you look at it, the Rangers, it's a pretty, it's a deep matchup of two deep teams. And that's probably going to be our first round. Do you think? As we stand today, that Rangers What were you saying? You were kind of breaking up on your end. Think that the Rangers can take down the Devils in a playoff series, or are they too deep? I just feel like we could take down the Devils in a playoff series. It's it's gonna be a close, gonna be a very hard fought matchup, but. Somehow I feel like we could take them down in the playoff series. The last couple of games we played, they they were nail biters. The last time we faced the Devils, and we had beat them earlier in the year. So I I feel this is gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a close game. We're gonna we're gonna come out on top. It's gonna be me making a lot of noise that the whole block will hear me. Of course, is always during playoff hockey like this, and and of course is as always as I mentioned before. The first round will be the the beard starting to grow. Exactly, exactly, and uh, it's what we got to hope for, man. I think that the uh, the is really gonna help the levels. So I I think we're in pretty good shape too. And um, yeah, you know, uh, so let's keep on let's keep rolling here. We're gonna have a little bit of an abbreviated episode. It'll be a little more normal next week when I'm. In a better lit room, so to uh, um, get back on that one. But uh, b- before we do get out of here, though, I did want to do a little uh, spring training talk, and I, um, I I did get those. Just out really in a couple of seconds and talk about how we're feeling about the Mets. I mean, we did get to see Kodai Senga pitch today. Uh, this is this was the first thing I saw when I got to uh, uh, practice this morning. This was uh, Wayne Kirby, Joey Cora, and uh, Eduardo Escobar working out. Uh, they were hitting Escobar ground balls to kind of help him with the defense and make his defense better because I didn't even realize this, Dan, but did you realize that uh, Eduardo Escobar was one of the worst rated uh defensive third baseman last year i did not realize that i mean uh, for, for one thing he he played a pretty decent third base last year yeah i i thought so too it was surprising but if you look at his defensive run saved and his and all these new defensive metrics apparently edwin was uh um eduardo was one of the uh you know, lower 
rated defenseman. So it, it was good to see him out there. Here's another one of him. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Joey Cora getting right there, right to Eduardo, makes the play. And uh, he, he did pretty good. I mean, he, he booked a couple of them. For the most part, Eduardo Escobar did, uh, did really good out there today. He uh, really commend the guy for going out there and practicing like this, especially, you know, he's a big leaguer that's been in the, the leagues for a long time, you know, so you got to give credit to him for, for putting in that effort, right? Yeah. You got to give credit to that. That's nice. Nice footage you got there from one of the, from, I think is that the, I think that's the main backfield. If I'm correct. Yes. Yes. That's the main backfield right behind um, the, uh, the stadium. And I really got to give, credit to the Mets and Steve Cohen and Buck Showalter because I'm, I'm the type of guy I've been coming down to spring training for years. Although because of COVID, I actually haven't been down since 2019, but between 2008 and 2019, I went about nine or 10 times. And I, I, you know, I love spring training. It's one of my favorite things. And they put so much money but you tell Buck's fingerprints are all over a lot of the different things they had back there. And I I think they, they did a really, really good job of really putting my cap to uh to, to all those guys. And I actually this is a little uh thing of me walking into the stadium when I first got in there. But uh, you know, Dan, so what did you think? Did 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 you watch the uh game today of uh of Senga's start today? If I watched it, I was actually trying to see if I could find you on TV, and I would have actually tweeted, uh, tried to screen cap it if you were. Where, where exactly were you sitting? Uh, well, I had I, I was kind of all over the place today because it was my first uh, game there in, in a while. So, I mean, uh, in the video, like you saw, I went all the way down the third base line and. Uh, checked out they have a tiki bar at the end there and they have uh you know a whole bunch of, of new sections they have like an overlook like the brand clubhouse completely rebuilt and you can actually stand and look down onto the players that are walking from the clubhouse to the the stadium and, and it's, it's a pretty cool view uh, as, as a matter of fact i have this right here is kind of where I'm talking about. It's a little bit um, more to the uh, um, towards the outfield and center field, but this is the spot where they actually let you overlook the bullpen, and you have all these guys warm up. And uh, there you see Senga is uh, is stretching out right now, and he's he's throwing to one of the minor league catchers and Omar Navarez is uh waiting there to uh catch him once he once he gets down and once Senga was properly stretched out and ready to go. But you know, what did you think of Senga today, man? I think Senga looked good so far. It's a little too early to tell because we didn't really get to see we personally didn't get to see many of his starts because all his all, prior to this, all his starts during spring training games were the road spring training games and for those of you who live in the New York area are familiar with, SNY only broadcasts the spring training games that are in Fort St. Lucie. 
So, so those starts we didn't really get to see, and the footage that we did see, I don't know what was really like broadcast quality footage. It was just footage from someone who was holding a camera from, I guess, maybe in some seats behind home plate. But look good. This is the first time we've seen, we really got to see him in a a broadcast quality footage of it. And yeah, 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 it's true. And and what what were you gonna say, Dan? I was gonna say, you see, you so far, so far, so good, so far. At the, at the same time, I know maybe it might take a it might take a start or two for him to get hopefully get comfortable in the in the majors, especially he's got to get used to this new pitch clock rules that really threw a real challenge to not only not only come not only come majors, but of course also the pitch clock rules that are in place here. It's a lot to get used to. Um, I mean, you mentioned it on the show last week when pitchers uh, only pitch once a week. So that's going to be a period. And I also, I also got to commend uh, the Cody Singer for making a decision not to pitch at a World Baseball Classic. He was probably smart enough to knew that it was a it was a situation that maybe remember I said sometimes the circumstances affect pitchers wanna because of the ramping up and everything, spring training where they wanna go or they're or they're just coming back from an injury, whether they wanna take part in the World Baseball Classic or not. Singa's case it was a wise decision being the fact that he needed to get used to pitching in the big in the big leagues. And so far it's true. It, Yeah, right. I really some uh, some good stuff today. He was popping the mitt, uh, consistently. I even uh, touched a hundred a couple of times. He was um, he. I don't really know. I, I didn't know if he threw the ghost fork today. I'm sure he did, but I, I, they said he wasn't doing the broadcasters. I don't know if he. I don't know if you could, you could, if you, because I know, I know the apparently the SNY app works out of state because you, because it recognizes like the email address, the account information. But if you were to pull out the SNY app to put the foot to hear like the broadcast audio, they were saying that he wasn't really throwing the pitch today because he's trying to work on some of his, some of his other pitches during, during spring training. That's what I heard. At least this start. Also, uh, of course, okay. okay. Of course, like I said, I cannot wait to see Cody Singa's reaction to the to the seven line army the first time he pitches, and it happens to be a day that they're, whether it's on the home or on the road, and I think he'll really get. I think he'll, like I said, he'll probably get a kick out of the comments about the seven line army when he goes to an away game because I've watched. I like watching travel videos, especially places I want to maybe visit one day. And when I'm when I was watching some travel videos for Japan, right, this footage of someone going to a baseball game in Japan, and they were pointing out how almost all these games, there's always like a little cheering section, the visiting team, whatever, whether it's like the team just sells the tickets or or it's a section they designate, or maybe they, they do what the Seven Line Army does, you know, they get they get a block of tick, they sell a block of tickets for these away games. 
But that that footage I saw of visiting fans having a cheering section like that reminds me of the Seven Line Army. And so I feel like he'll feel right at home once he once he get, gets his first experience when he gets to see what the Seven Line Army is like at a game. Oh, no doubt about it, man. And he's going to – I I agree. Uh, it's going to be really interesting because uh, obviously we're keeping our fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so it's it, – I I'm very optimistic. With what we've seen so far, uh, you know, obviously he ran into a little bit of trouble today. But like you mentioned, if he wasn't even through, or he's not in his full repertoire, so it puts me a little more at ease. Um, and actually, then, um, you know, uh, we're we're going to be getting out of here in a minute. But I did want to ask you. Now, obviously, I didn't get a chance to to really see any of it, but I know Steve was. I I thought I thought Steve Keld was he looked like he was doing a good job. At the same time, I mean you could tell it was kind of his first time really doing like a major broadcast like this. But I, I feel like Steve Gelbs will get I feel like he'll get better at this if he each time he's had to fill in. I mean, let's face it, a certain certain broadcaster calling the Super Bowl by the name of Kevin Burkhart began as had the same role as Steve Gelbs and it's why. So I got I guess I could say that Steve Gelbs is in a as filling a role that leads to big things. Very true. Very true, my friend. And uh yeah, so you know what? With that, I guess plus uh, the week and um uh, any plugs for yourself. Uh, sure, you could follow me as you can see on on the screen right there. My Twitter page, my Twitter account, Bobo NYC on Twitter, and of course, Bobo seven one eight DK on 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 Instagram on on Instagram. Of course, also Dan, of course Daniel Curlin on YouTube. Full your boat, full your bubble content. Absolutely, and Cozy has uh, got a lot of great stuff on Twitter and YouTube, and anywhere you can find him, Instagram. And you can check us out on Twitter at Beesith. Uh, also, don't get to like to YouTube channel. And if you feel we've earned it, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. And, uh, yeah, and also on Instagram. We got all that housekeeping out of the way. Uh, and Bobo Curlin. And we'll catch you next week on the Best Seat in the House podcast. Thanks for watching, everybody.